Hi everyone, this is Danny. And this is Sharissa, ready to bring you Looking Up. Starting right after this song. Let us run the race Looking into Jesus The author and fear Let us run with endurance The race that is set before us Laying aside every weight And the sin that so easily ensnares us Looking unto Jesus Looking unto Jesus Looking unto Jesus
afternoon, everyone. You're listening to Danny, Sharissa, and Shell's also here. Sometimes she makes noise, our producer, <laughs> uh, on the show, Looking Up. And it's Wednesday, and we're so glad that you are listening to Faith FM and ready to join us for another exciting journey into God's Word, into all the things that remind us of why there is a better world to come Amen. and that Jesus is coming soon. How are you, Pastor Danny? I am praising the Lord and looking up. Amen. On this deliciously Wednesday afternoon. Uh, it's encouraging. I always am uplifted by hearing you praise the Lord. And actually, I didn't even know he was in the office today. I, know, I came in very quietly. <laughs> he entered quietly. I, and I figured I'd hear him before I saw him, but today no, he today. is still praising the Lord. <laughs> but a little bit lower With key. Lower key. key. <laughs> Amen. Well, to all of our listeners, uh, we would love to hear from you. We don't just want to talk to ourselves. We'd love to hear from you. And so if you have a comment or a question on anything that happens throughout this program, please connect with us via our studio number 0491 You can call or text on that number. We will have a prize that we will be giving away later in the program and the, uh, to claim it. So only a few copies usually, so we'll uh, find out how many we've got for you and give you a code word which you can text us with when we give that away. So that number is really important, 0491-064-669. And, of course, if you would like to go back and look over any of the past episodes of this program, just go to the Faith FM website and go to the podcast section for Looking Up and you will find all of the past episodes there. We'll make for some good uh, listening while you drive or while you run or walk or whatever you uh, whenever you want to catch up and so uh, we are really excited today we have much to talk about mm, we never really have amen. anything uh, we never have a shortage on things to talk about in the world but um, certainly our bible study i'm looking forward to it danny do you want to give our listeners just a sneak peek at what we're going to be studying today okay well we're going to be looking at a subject that our listeners may not be very well familiar with but anyway we're going to give it a go we're going to be talking about climate Climate change. Has anyone heard of climate change? Have you, Sharissa? I, you know, I have. I know it's not something that's been really spoken of that's in the last <laughs> 5, 10, 20 years, but um, I'm going to try and explain what the term actually means oh, to begin with. Good. No, no, seriously, yeah. Now, we're going to be looking at um, what the Bible has to say about how we take care of the environment. Um, how does the whole climate change uh, agenda fit into um, what God has to say, and in particular as far as end-time events? Well, I think we all want to be here for this. I'm looking forward to digging into God's Word with you later. And now we're going to hear the Booth Brothers sing one of my favorite songs, The Blind Man. He saw it all. I was working in town one afternoon Attending some business affairs I heard a commotion a couple streets over And wondering what's happening there A young man was running from in that direction And stopped just to catch his breath I asked him to please tell me what was the hurry He smiled up at me and he said I was trying to catch the crippled man Did he run past this way? He was rushing home to tell everyone What Jesus did today And the man was telling myself 
deaf girl he's leading to answer God's call. It's hard to believe, but if you don't trust me, ask the blind man, he saw it all. Ask the blind man, he saw it all. And burdens you carry are heavy and dragging you down. You've tried everything you can possibly think of. There's no relief to be found. That very same Jesus that altered the future of a blind man, the deaf, and the lame is still reaching out in your hour of trouble. One touch and you're never the same And you'll be trying to catch the crippled man Did he run past this way? Oh, he was rushing on to tell everyone What Jesus did today And man was telling myself and the deaf girl He's leading to answer God's call Trust me, as the blind man, he saw it all. Oh, as the blind man, he saw it all. He saw it just love the words of that song. Ask the blind man, he saw it all. Mm. <laughs> ah, so good. Really great. And uh, that must have been true for many, you know, would have been true for many people whom Jesus healed. You're Amen. listening to Looking Up, and we want to talk about some current events now in the world, um, some incredible things happening. And um, because we're going to go to climate change in quite a bit, in shortly, I'll just start with this first one here and might actually call in Shell to share with us on this because I'm seeing here there's a case, some of you probably seen it, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And uh, the opening line of the article I have here in front of me says, there will be no decision on one of the most polarizing criminal cases in America today. So Shell, can you comment a little bit on this news story? What's so significant about this? Well, this young boy... Um is from Wisconsin, so my home state, and um, from Kenosha, Wisconsin. And he uh, got involved, went to, to help defend his town during the, the Black Lives Matter um, riots early last year. And um, yeah, he ended up getting into a fight with three, three men who attacked him. And he had a rifle and um, or a long gun. I'm not sure exactly what kind it was, but um, yeah, they they were fighting him for his gun, and he ended up um, shooting two of them. And so he's on trial for murder. Mm-hmm. Now that it, in itself is just a us against all cases really from the past because he was. Um, the one who was attacked, 
he was the one uh, they were they himself. were fighting for his his weapon mm-hmm. and um yeah he, he's yeah the it, the 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 thing that's polarizing it so much is that the the left side the democrat side is very is very passionate because the you know it was the their riots and that sort of thing and so they want to not um come out looking like they had done anything wrong or any of their people had done anything wrong I'd say but um yeah the verdict is um is in the hands of the jury now and so we're just waiting for it to come back so it's been um yeah they're they're all asleep at the moment so I guess we have to wait until yeah. tomorrow to find out but the governor um Tony Evers the Wisconsin governor he's got 500 national guard troops on standby already because if and it's looking like he's not going to i mean the case the, the they had to drop three well, I, don't, I, I might be exaggerating, but they had to drop some charges against him already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've really only got one charge that they're still holding to to get deliberated. Wow. And it's not looking good that he's going to get um, acquitted. Yeah. yeah. Um, prosecuted on it. So, yeah, there's, there's going to be riots. Everybody's cl- saying that they will riot if he doesn't go to prison for this. And, wow. yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's sad because yeah. it's justice being lost. You know, yeah, that's lost right. Of, you know, there's a song, uh, a hymn called uh, Jesus is Coming Again. And there's a line in that song, go, nations are angry. By mm. this we do know Jesus is coming again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can certainly see the love of men's hearts growing cold all mm. over the world. And it's not just global warming, but there's a, a global cooling of love toward one another yeah. and just fairness and justice and just integrity yeah. um, amongst yeah, people. Uh, have you got something you'd like to share? Yes. Um, look, I think with what you're saying as far as, um, you know, love growing cold and, uh, you know, what we've just looked at in this story, you know, growing polarization in so many different avenues and aspects of life. I mean, there was a growing divide between people, be it politically, be it, um, you know, spiritually, um, even before the pandemic began. Um, however, you know, the pandemic has, has further um, widened some of those gaps. And now what we have in my home state, you know, we, we, we talk about Victoria a lot. Mm. In my home state there we've talked about, you know, other laws that are being proposed in, in regards to curtailing um, the privileges that church-based education institutions have had when it comes to hiring and who they hire mm-hmm. um, as their staff. We've talked about that in the past and um, and we need to continue to keep that in prayer. But at the moment, you know, what's making news is this uh, pandemic bill yes. that has <laughs> been proposed there in Victoria, which really has, has um, it really has the whole state in an uproar. Um, I think I saw an article or a news headline that said they had over 100,000 people yeah. marching the streets protesting. Yeah, that was on Saturday. And so uh, someone someone suggested, and I don't know whether this is true or not, but one um, uh, commentator, news commentator, suggested that this could very well be the largest protest in Australia, wow. in Australian history period. Wow. Um, and that's got to say something. <laughs> because Australians generally, we don't protest. 
true. You know what I mean? We're Pretty easy going. Yeah, we're called She'll Be Right Mate for a reason. You yeah. know what I mean? So we, we generally don't protest in Australia unless something is pretty out there. You'll get a few people, maybe a dozen, 50, 100, 200 with their placards and so on and so forth. You know, maybe you might get a 1,000. You know, a 1,000 people at a protest is a big deal. But when you get like 100,000-odd people, and I saw the footage, they showed drone footage of the crowd. It was massive. I've literally never seen anything like it. And yet I'm reading an article here where it says uh, the Premier referred to that group of protesters as a small, ugly mob. Yeah, that's... um, And yet it's the greatest mob (laughs) that we've had. The greatest ugly mob that we've had. You know, whatever people's perspective on this, it does say something when that many people have a problem with something like... Lawmakers should really listen and pay attention. They should. I mean, people are, are, are so are so deadly serious about it. They've been sleeping outside the front of parliament the last two nights. You know, mm. they've been sleeping out there. This this you know vigil, this protest vigil. Um, it's and look. I think I think this personally. Like obviously, I haven't read the whole bill. Haven't had time to, to read the whole bill. It's very long. Like 130 I mean, plus pages. I know. I know. I'd rather read my Bible. Um, so, <laughs> but but just just a summary of it. Um, just does not go well when you give one individual or a small group of individuals that much power um, to make executive decisions that impact the lives of millions of people mm. um, for a period of up to three months, and that could be indefinite. You know, they can they can extend it at the end of that three months mm. um, with no real parliamentary oversight. I mean, that, that that's concerning. And when you've got when you got I think sixty. Um, 60 members of the Bar Institute, you know, the yes. the legal institute there in Victoria. I mean, these people, they know their law. They live and breathe, you know, the law like you and I breathe and live, you know, scripture and Bible prophecy. So these guys, they know what they're talking about. When they come out and they say that that this bill is is very troubling, it's very worrisome, and and it's, you know, bordering on... on you know, authoritarian authoritarianism. Yeah. Somehow I managed to get that out. Um, you know, then you got to pay attention. So you got lots of people. You got the opposition. You've got the legal fraternity. Um, you've got the religious communities. You've got. I have not seen this many people up in arms over a legal bill. And um, what we're seeing now really tells us that this is a sure sign that things are turning dramatically in our world because there's no way in the world this kind of thing would have even been talked about. Absolutely. Let alone proposed. Yes. Let alone let alone voted through, you know, the, the lower house. Yeah. 50% of the job done and <laughs> heading to the upper house. And as I understand it, there are other bills on the table that are just as, uh, you know, deserve our prayer as the lawmakers deliberate over those two. Yeah. Um, I think I can't remember all of their names, but one is an equal opportunity bill. Yeah, that's the one regarding education that I yep. mentioned earlier, okay. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a lot to pray for. Al. And WA as well. Well, WA's got stuff. Then we've got stuff like on euthanasia, and I know that's a yeah. that's a very sensitive subject, and I want to be mindful of that and respectful of that. But we've got a lot of these bills coming through that impact lives, livelihoods, and lifestyle, you know, mm. such as we've never really had before. Yeah, and, you know, a couple of verses and um, things come to mind from God's Word. One is that the book of Proverbs, written by the wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon, he mentioned there that there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And so uh, we can pray that, you know, as 
debate happens that um, God will give lawmakers the wisdom that they need mm-hmm. <laughs> and the discernment to see what is best for the nation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, ultimately, lawmakers, we, we hope and pray that they have the best interests of our country at heart. Yeah. Well, they're elected. They're elected by to their serve people for that to reason. serve. You know, yeah. they're, they're called public servants. For yeah. a reason, you know, yeah. they're there to serve the public, yeah. just like just like as ministers of the gospel, you know, our primary our primary role is to minister um, to our flock and, and to those around us. Yeah. Can I just read this? This is interesting from the the Bar Association. Um, so when when this bill came out, um, when the draft came out, the Victorian Bar Association, which represents more than two thousand barristers. I'm reading from an ABC News um, article from just today, uh, raised its concerns about the legislation. In its submission, the bar said it was concerned about the extra, and I'm quoting them, the extraordinary broad powers to be granted to a health minister to make orders as well as the lack of an outer time limit on how the pandemic laws could be enforced. Mm. And it goes on, you know, and it goes on and speaks of, of a number of their concerns. So when you've got... You know, they, these are the the who's who. These are the the legal fraternity. These are like, you know, they they are the ones that that ought to know if something is not right. You know, and when they see when they see this, they're they're raising the alarm. And so, yeah. so a few propose uh, they have they have put in um, amendments. Several mm. amendments have been put forward, but still, those amendments do not really go far enough. It's still a very dangerous bill, I, according to I what they are saying. Personally, have to agree with you on that. And uh, you know, you look at the Bible, you look at Bible prophecy, particularly uh, Revelation chapter thirteen, where it talks about the time when there is this earth beast power, which we know doesn't represent Australia in any way, but no. uh, this earth beast power will, you know, it says cause people to. No. To force, force like yeah. use, using force to worship uh, uh, the first beast of that same chapter. And it's fascinating to see governments, especially in the West, mm. start to look like, um, you know, these ideas of force could actually happen. Like if we were to talk about this happening a year ago, we'd be thinking, yeah, right, this we'd never yeah. be talking about this. Yeah. But, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, we're not only talking about it, we're, we're seeing, seeing it. it. We're, we're seeing, seeing it, it played out in, in real time. Yes. So, yeah, the things that the Bible talked about that people used to think, you know, you guys are mad, you guys are crazy, um, now are, are beginning to take place in our Western democracy. And this tells us that we have turned a significant prophetic corner. Yeah. We've actually received a comment from one of our listeners from Mick, and uh, it's really good to hear from you, Mick. And he says, thank God for democracy. <laughs> he says, vote them out. This is a free country. And uh, we can thank God for the for democracy and freedom of choice. Mm. And, uh, yeah, there's another comment here. Victorians don't want to become China under Andrew's dictatorship. Mm. So, okay, so we've got, we've got folk thinking and um, sharing comments. And feel free to, to email us your comments, and we'd love to sort of share them yeah. um, with, with the rest of the audience. And any prayer requests, any questions, feel free, feel free to do that. But, yes, we are, we are living in a time when we're going to need to be looking up more and more. So yeah, this, this, this show is appropriately named, uh, Looking Up. It's got like this ever, ever present relevance. <laughs> and <laughs> it becomes kind of gum becomes stale. And it, that and it becomes <laughs> and it becomes more relevant um, every week <laughs> that we come on because Jesus said, "When you see all these things come to pass, these crazy things we're talking about," He says, "Look up, 
because your redemption is drawing near. Amen. So we are getting very close to the coming of Jesus. Praise the Lord for that. Yes, and there's still so much more that we can talk about. I think we're going to talk a bit yeah. more about current events. Yeah, we will. We will. Uh, when we talk about you, That's a, it's you're going to teach about... us about climate change. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, <laughs> so we, <laughs> we've got the news and we've got an, another song by Leonie Gardner. I love it. People get ready. So listen oh, to this wow. song. Praise the Lord. Then we've got the news and then we continue our discussion as we get into our Bible study. Be blessed.
Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Sash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll We'll see see you you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Faith FM has a brand new live show each weekday morning straight after the breakfast show called Tassie Encounters. Tune in for fascinating discussions of history, science, faith, and personal encounters with Jesus. Tassie Encounters, live every weekday straight after the breakfast show on Faith FM. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Faith looks up, sorry looks back, worry looks around. Good afternoon again. You are listening to Looking Up with Danny and Charissa, and uh, we have so much that I'm looking forward to in our program this afternoon. And uh, before we get to that, we do also want to let you know that in today's program, we have a special offer that is available to people who call or text us with the code word. We're not going to release that till later on in the program, but when we do release it, the code word uh, will be your key to being in the running to obtain the prize and there are how many prizes we got three prizes of this uh, available and it's a wonderful book by Cale Duvall he actually I actually got to sit at his feet as a student once mm, uh, it's wonderful. called Ancient Words Present Hope love the title what the Old Testament teaches us about the book of Revelation so you will be blessed um, if you get this book and so yeah just keep that number that's studio number handy 0491064669 and uh, you can Type, uh, send in, contact us with the code word when we give it. Also, thank you so much to Mick for connecting with us in the previous segment. If there are others of you out there who have comments or questions on what we're talking about, love to hear from you. 0491064669. And uh, there's just a couple of other news links that we could talk about today too. Did you want us to talk about them now or in the course of our Bible study? Sure. Well, um, I think I think we'd probably talk about uh, the one from the U.S. I think sure. that one's an interesting one. Yeah, this Michael Flynn one. Mm. All right, so my husband actually alerted me to this. Michael Flynn's comments on Christianity, according to this opinion uh, piece written for CNN, it says uh, his comments are outrageous but not surprising. And you might be thinking, well, what were his comments? Michael Flynn, Donald Trump's former national secretary, uh, sorry, security advisor, who pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI, was later pardoned by Trump. Trump wants to make it clear that the United States, quote, if we are going to have one nation under God, which we must, we have to have one religion. Wow. Now, of course, Flynn uh, belongs to uh, that one religion, in his opinion, is Christianity. And Mm -hmm. there are 75 percent, according to the article of white evangelicals who voted for Trump in the 2020 election as well, according to the exit polls. But, yeah, this is a very, very interesting comment. Mm, It is. It is. Yeah. What would you like to say on this? Well, look, um, 
This is something that the Christian right in the United States have been um, talking about for a long time now. So his comments aren't, you know, in isolation. Um, They are part of a a broader and and a a very prolonged um, plan and aim by the Christian coalition, which is very strong there in America, and the Christian right. And so, I mean, Donald Trump, he thanked uh, the you know the Christians at for for getting him into the White House to begin with you know when he when he defeated Hillary Clinton they were they were instrumental in him making it to the White House and he promised that he would you know get their voices back mm-hmm. and so so we have this ebbing and flowing in in U.S. politics um, and so it's interesting to see that he's he's saying that again and you know yeah. he's he's having these rallies around the country with with several others and so forth and the bible tells us the bible tells us that there will come a day when when the United States of America will become something very different to what it is currently under its constitution. Mm-hmm. Its constitution will be shredded, you know, we've talked about that. And sadly, um that first amendment um, of the Constitution, which, which you know, puts in stone that Congress shall not make, um, well, well, Congress shall not, um, how does it exactly go? Congress shall make no law in respect of religion or the prohibiting or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, something yes. along those lines. Yes. So basically, in a nutshell, uh, the U.S. Congress cannot um, cannot mandate a particular religion or a faith. Or prevent people from expressing their own personal views and their own religious faith. So it cannot uh, prescribe and it cannot prohibit. Basically, Daniel three and Daniel six. In Daniel three, you have you have King Nebuchadnezzar um, forcing false worship, and in Daniel six, we have another king. This time, King Darius um, preventing or prohibiting true worship. So in that First Amendment, we have the guarding of um, the United States that it would not follow the Daniel 3 and Daniel 6 experience in its constitution, which was part of the old world. Because in the old world, in the old world, Western Europe, um, you were, you know, you were coerced into, you know, into believing and practicing a certain way when it came to your faith, and you were prohibited from expressing your your freedom you know of faith mm-hmm. so the old world was very different and so the united states were but eventually things are going to change so it will change and it is beginning it's to change changing now that's yeah. the amazing thing all right is there any other articles you wanted to highlight before we begin the oh, bible no, study i think we just need a lot of prayer we need to be praying <laughs> for our governments we need to be doing a lot of praying for our politicians and our governments and you know we say that on our program i think every week we do um because the bible tells us in first timothy chapter you know 2 um, I believe uh, verses. Uh, what is it? First Timothy two verses two, or Second Timothy chapter two verses one to four, somewhere there. Um, but we are told to be praying for our government leaders that we may have peace and that we may be able to share the good news of the gospel. Amen. And so we need to be doing a lot of praying for our government leaders, for our spiritual leaders, our church leaders. It's very difficult for them as well um, in the position that they are. And so we pray for them. Our you Absolutely. know, our educational institutions, you know, the leadership in that space, our healthcare institutions and so on and so forth, uh, where all the mandates, you know, are mm-hmm. being rolled out. In New Zealand, 
I don't know if there's anyone listening from New Zealand, but we're thinking of you. We're praying for you because the mandates have kicked in there this week, I understand, in, in many industries. And I know I received an email from some members in New Zealand uh, when I was pastoring there in a place called Hamilton. And so, yeah, we, we keep them in prayer because they're in the same position uh, that we are. And um, look, I was talking to a lady, and I won't go on, but I was talking to a lady from Queensland called me up today i spent over an hour on the phone with her and um she was in tears and very distressed and um just sharing with me that in her own family um she's receiving pressure from both sides you know one one group one one part of the family says you you have to get vaccinated that's that's the sensible thing to do that's the right thing to do that's in your best interest it's in the best interest of everybody else around you i mean you need to keep your job why would you give up your job and so on and the other group the other side are like, no, you know, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Don't worry. The Lord will provide. He'll give you another job. Da, da, da. And so she's like, she, she was considering going to a psychologist <laughs> and going on to medication. She can't sleep. She's deeply stressed. And so this is what we're finding, you know, more and more um, people are experiencing. This. So I was able to talk with her and encourage her and pray with her and share scriptures with her and talk to her about you know, the peace of Jesus Christ, and regardless of whether you choose to be vaccinated or not, um, that, you know, that will not determine your salvation. You can still have that wonderful peace in Jesus Christ because that, that, da, da, da. And I went on. And, um, yeah, so there's a lot of people who are under a lot of stress. And so, folk, if, if you are one of those individuals who are under a lot of stress right now, um, we want to pray for you. We really, really want to pray for you that God will give you strength and that his word will enable you to make the decisions that God would have you make and that you'll have peace. Amen. Yeah. But anyway, that was a little sermon. Oh, it was a good one. And may there be another one. <laughs> oh, no, don't. There'll wish, be one more before we go. <laughs> don't, don't wish that on the poor on the poor listeners. So, yeah. So. Well, do you have anything else? Well, I'm. I think I'm ready to get into the. You are ready to get into our Bible study. Fair enough. If you are ready, then I'm ready as well, and um, and we will begin. All right. So, would you like to start off with a prayer, please? I would love to. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you so much that we have the opportunity to study the Bible together just now. And we pray for your Holy Spirit to lead our time and to bless all of our listeners as we look together into God's Word and its relevance to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, as as um, advertised, um, we shared this a couple of weeks ago and we started last week. We're looking at the signs of the times. We're looking at the signs um, that Jesus gave us and the rest of Scripture in connection with what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. So last week we did a, a brief overview. Mm-hmm. We looked at you know uh, what Jesus said in Matthew 24, the, the state of the world would be in before he returns and the signs that also preceded the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. And, uh, and we noticed that um, one, of the, one, of the key, one of the key signs at the end before Jesus returns would be there'd be upheaval in nature. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about, you know, Jesus talked about famines. He talked about pestilences or pandemics. Um, and he talked about earthquakes or natural disasters and wars and rumors of wars, political strife. And um, and just a lot of tension, and we talked, you know, he talked about, you know, there'd be fear, <laughs> excuse me, and there'd be people who are troubled, and and we looked at all that, and that all means there'd be a lot of turbulence, there'd be a lot of unease, and so forth. So today we want to take a look at um, climate change, 
and how that fits in with what Jesus had to say and what other authors have to say in connection with the second coming of Jesus. So that's what we want to take a look at today. And how do we respond as Christians? As Christians, how do we respond? Because you've got Christians that are on both sides of the fence. You've got those that that see this as a political issue, that I want to get involved in it. They're anti it. Um, they may not, you know, they may not even begin uh, believe um, in the whole climate change um, uh, agenda and so forth. Um, and then you've got others who are just so pro. And so. How do we find out what the Bible has to say? There's a lot of emotion involved in this. Mm-hmm. And so once again, we want to take a look at it from a biblical point of view. So what we're going to do is I've put a few things together, but there's so much more. Um, what we want to take a look at is we want to go back to the book of Genesis. Okay. So we want to go at the beginning when God created this world. All right. And as we go through, we're going to end up um, taking a look at how this all impacts us today. Mm-hmm. So we we're not going to go to the headlines first. We're going to go to Scripture and take a look at how God created this world and what the role of humans was in connection with the planet. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you could read for us, please, firstly. Okay, we've got at the beginning, you know, God creates the heavens and the earth. And, um, and it's interesting what God said at the end of the first day. So that's in Genesis 1, and if you want to read verse 4. Sure. The Bible says, and I'm reading from the New King James, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Mm -hmm. That's what you wanted? Yep. And verse 5? Yep. Uh, 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 We came across good, good, didn't we? Yeah. The the good part. (laughs) Do you know how many times that word good appears in Genesis chapter 1? How many? I've underlined it. Six, Six times. Yeah. And the last time, it's very good. That's right. So seven times. And I would just hasten to highlight for everybody that God said it was very good after he made woman. Oh, <laughs> I knew you were going to slip that in. And that is actually biblical, it's folk. Biblical. It's very biblical. <laughs> after God created it, he said, and it was all very good. And all the men Stevie. said, amen and amen and amen. Yeah, absolutely. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, Adam thought that Eve was very good. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll carry on with the text. We'll okay. carry on with the text. Okay, so then, so then God uh, gives Adam and Eve the opportunity to take care of the garden. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, I looked up that word, I looked up the words Garden of Eden, where God placed Adam and Eve, and garden means to be enclosed, fenced off and protected. And the word Eden means pleasure and delight. Hmm. So that's what those two words mean, Garden of Eden. So I've put those words together, and this is my own definition. Uh-huh. God placed Adam and Eve in an enclosed and protected environment where they would live eternally, enjoying their Creator's continual pleasure and delight. How does that sound? That sounds very, very beautiful. Doesn't it? That it sounds does. almost romantic. It does. It reminds <laughs> me of the Song of Solomon, actually. Does it? Because um, it does talk about a garden. Oh, it does yeah. too. Yes. So, but it's yeah, it's a place of safety and a place for yeah, a protected place where love can be shared. Wow. Yeah, I like it. It is. So that's what the Garden of Eden was. Mm-hmm. So when we think of God, God who is love, First John 4, 8, God is love, and here he places Adam and Eve in this loving, protected environment. Mm-hmm. 
True. All right. So. Oh, we're running out of time. Oh. Just letting you know. Oh, we are too. But you have moments. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, um, it's interesting what God shared with Adam and Eve when it comes to how they were to take care of this world. But. We're going to go to that after. You don't want to miss this, folks. No, we we're going to go to, to this after. This. Yes. So we got a song. We've got uh, the Nashville Tribute Band going to sing to us, Love One Another, and then we're going to come back for that very important thing that God told Adam to do. So I'm looking forward to this.
beautiful song, Love One Another. You're listening to Looking Up and uh, we have this special prize that's going to be up for grabs. There's three in the, uh, that you can uh, be in the running for. So if you're the first, second and third, we'll try that. First three. Uh, now maybe we make it hard. First, second and fourth. Okay, just to mix it up a little bit. Um, if you're the first person to send in the code word when we release it, you can be in the running to receive your very own copy of this incredible book by Kale Duvall, Ancient Words, Present Hope, What the Old Testament Teaches Us About Revelation. I think you will find this to be a fascinating read because, you know, the book of Revelation is kind of where all books of the Bible come to a meeting place. It's like it quotes from many different parts of the Bible and it mm-hmm. brings it into this beautiful end time revelation from Jesus Christ and Jesus tells us that there's a special blessing on those who read here and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. So uh, yeah, really, really exciting. Keep this number next to you, 0491-064-669. That will be the number you need to connect with us and uh, I'm really Loving the book of Revelation at the moment. So I'm looking forward to seeing as we keep our Bible study going. I see mm. you've got uh, a little bit of Revelation We do too. have a little bit of Revelation, yes. And um, there's there, there's a lot we could share in, mm. in that space. But today we'll just do a little bit and we'll do more in the coming weeks. All right. So we're looking at... Um, God created Adam and Eve and he placed them in his beautiful garden that we said, um, you know, uh, this garden that was a place where they would enjoy continual... You know, love and delight, pleasure and delight, you know, in this protected environment and um, this beautiful garden of love. And in Genesis 1, verses 26 and 28, actually, yeah, 26 to 28, if you want to read Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28, there God um, shares something very interesting when he creates Adam and Eve. Sure. The Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay. So there's a lot in that passage. There is. But the the part we want to focus on is that word dominion. Yes. Now it's over th- a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. Never now I looked at that word dominion and it's actually in our Bibles, you know, the one that you and I enjoy using this Andrew Study Bible, and it's a fascinating comment um, on that word dominion. Do you want to read that for us, yeah. please? So in the uh, Andrew Study Bible comments, which is the one we have here, to have dominion means it refers to a supreme rule. The term does not speak of exploiting the natural world, but rather of share in the divine rule given to humanity because they are created in God's image and are thus capable of distinguishing between exploitation and stewardship. Mm, Interesting. Interesting. So, so. God has given us this world to take care of, to be mm-hmm. stewards, not to exploit, um, but I guess, you know, to, to explore. Um, you know, I, I refer to it as preservation, not exploitation. Um, yes. Now, it's interesting in Genesis um, chapter 2 and verse 15, there God gives another command to Adam. He absolutely does. He says, 
Uh, it says, Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Okay, very interesting. That word um, tend uh, appears also in um, Genesis 3 and verse 23. Mm-hmm. Genesis 3 and verse 23, the Bible here says, it's pulling it up, it says, Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. Well, there you go. So it's interesting when you take a look at the meaning of these words. If you want to read, if you've, you haven't got the... You haven't got your Bible there. Do you have your Andrew's Study Bible? It's got a fascinating uh, comment on verse 15. I can, yeah, I've can. i got it here. One, I'll do that. It said it's interesting. So this is in, in relation to this tend and keep business. And this, this like blew me away. And I'm sure Shell is going to be blown away by this because this is like an incredible <laughs> insight. She's holding on to her chair. Because this, this has got everything to do with where the whole climate change agenda is leading and how this connects with the Sabbath in particular. And All right. worship. All, All right. right. This Tell is us. huge. This is huge. Listen to this. All right. This is powerful. So this is in connection with tend and keep. Humanity is put into the garden for a twofold purpose. First, it is to tend or work the garden, highlighting the important concept that work is a divine gift and not a punishment, which occurred after sin. The term is also associated with worship. That exact term is associated with worship. Tend? Yeah, tend. Wow. It continues. Worship and the tabernacle services. Secondly, man is to keep or guard the garden. Interestingly, both verbs, tend and keep, occur in the description of the Levitical duties of worship and service. Wow, wow, wow. We even said wow in harmony. (laughs) Now, Shell, Shell is also shell shocked like all of us. Um, This is quite amazing. This was so. I've never seen this. Neither had I. I I had read that comment, but because I've been looking at climate change and because it's an integral part of the whole Mm, worship agenda, the whole Sabbath agenda, as we're going to take a look at. So, So, God placed Adam and Eve. They're in the garden for them, tending and caring for the garden was a, 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 an act of worship. Yes. It was an act of spiritual service to God. And so this reminds me of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of do, God. Do all to the glory of God, yeah. And so creation was designed for us to not only acknowledge our Creator, not to worship creation, but to worship our creator. Hmm. So creation yeah. and worship and the Sabbath, they all go hand in hand. Because then, sorry, what do you want to say? I just say you've given me a lot of things I want to go home and read now and, and really dig because this is really exciting. It is really, really exciting. So then we get to the Sabbath. Uh-huh. All right. All right. So we get to the Sabbath. If you want to read Genesis chapter 2 yeah. and verses 2 and 3. Okay. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Okay. And then we have God taking this passage from creation and inserting it in the heart of his Ten Commandments. That's right. And so if you want to read um, Exodus chapter 20, 
Yes. Verses uh, 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Wow. So here we have God caring for what? For humans, Mm -hmm. for animals, and for all of nature. So... This this idea of God protecting, caring, loving, yeah. nurturing yes. is at the heart of the Sabbath, was at the heart of what God invited Adam and to do, Adam and Eve to do. They were to be one with nature. Mm. You know, because where was Adam taken from? From the, the ground. Dust. Dust. Yeah. So so we have that very close connection. We are to be linked with this world. And so we're to look up. And I looked up that word keep, mm-hmm. um, you know, tend and to keep. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I discovered, I discovered that word keep, um, you know, appears almost, you know, almost 460 odd times in the Old Testament. And, uh, there's a number of, um, different, um, uh, different definitions, but several of them caught my attention. We've got protection, mm-hmm. care, guard, um, observe, celebrate, wow. and um, yeah, and keep in connection with the Sabbath, the co- the, the covenants and the commandments, um, preserve, protect. And it's interesting when God says to Cain, "Where is your brother?" He says, "Am I my brother's keeper, protector? Should I love and care for my brother? Should I?" You know, mm. he's asking that question. Hmm. And, um, you know, and it's interesting that you have, yeah, you have that word um, appearing um, all the way through through the Old Testament in the context of caring, protecting, guarding, worshipping, observing, you know, loving and uh, relationship. Mm. It's all about relationship. So, yeah, which is very much a part of the Sabbath. Yeah, that is amazing. Well... Uh, so where do you go from here? Well, I just want to finish off on this um, before we before we take a look at how this all applies to where we are today. It's interesting. Not only did the children of Israel have one day off each week that the that the land was to rest and um, they were all to rest, animals, people, everyone, servants, but one year in seven. Mm, that's right. One year in seven, the land was to rest. Yeah. Do you know what I discovered? I discovered something I didn't know. <laughs> this is this blew me away. Not only was the land to rest um, on the seventh year, so every seventh year the land was to rest, but this just blew me away. This I just could not believe this. They were they were not to they were not to reap on the on the seventh year. They were not to reap anything. The food was to be left for the stranger. That's it right. was left to be, you know, for, for those who didn't have. And then there was the Jubilee year as yeah, well, every 50. There was. And you know what God promised? God promised that I'm going to give you enough on the sixth year to last you for the sixth year, the seventh sabbatical year, and you're still going to have enough in the first year when you start reaping again. You're going to be using stuff from the sixth year. Wow. 
That's amazing. That and then, amazing. yeah, the Jubilee year. Tell us a bit about the Jubilee year. Oh, that came every 50 years. And as mm-hmm. I re- if I recall correctly, it was, um, you know, all land was returned to its original yes, owners. Yes, that's right. It was like a big reset. <laughs> it was the great reset, yeah. So seven times seven. Yep, so 49. 49, and then the 50th year was that Jubilee, Jubilee. year. So, so very much at the heart of, of God's plan mm. for the human race was for us to take care of the world. So maybe what we need to do is is have a, a revival of, you know, the beauty of the Sabbath for mm. our world since there's yeah. so much of, um, you know, we, we hear alarming reports about climate change and the terrible future that we're looking at if we don't change things. You know, world leaders have just spent, I don't know how many days, two weeks. Two weeks. And Greta Thunberg had her own description of what that was all accomplishing. <laughs> but is it Thunberg famous, or Thunberg? Her famous Greta. blah, 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 yes. Yeah, but, um, you know, if we were following what God's word has already said, um, you know, we might have actually done some good for the planet in ways which we've neglected. Absolutely. So, so yes, yeah, so God's plan has always been for us to take care of the environment. Yeah. However, however, we haven't been doing that, and what Satan will seek to do is hijack the blessings of the Sabbath and place them on his counterfeit day of worship. Ooh. Now we got a lot to talk about when we yes, come back. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay, so uh, we're going to talk about Satan's counterfeit then, and uh, and we're going to see things. We'll see if this is if his plans are actually coming into fruition. Mm, yes, we can clearly see that um, things are starting to move in that direction, and so we're going to look at that. And um, all right, so our because, listeners need to stay with us because yeah, they do because people can see um, and governments can see that things are not on the right path, and that things need to get back on the right path. So we're going to be looking at that. And so, yeah, religious and irreligious people, they're all saying the same thing. Everybody's saying the same thing. Everyone's saying the same thing. Oh, well, friends, stay with us. You're listening to The Remnant, and they're going to be bringing us a song. It's called It's Happening Now. How appropriate. Everything's happening now. So (laughs) enjoy this song, and we will be back in just a few moments as we continue into the rest of our Bible study. It's about to become incredibly interesting. Amen. Generation 
Listening to Looking Up, and we are just about to shift gears right now. It's all happening, as the song mm, just said. It is and, indeed. Uh, where, what are we going to go? Where are we going? All right. Well, we're going to take oh, uh, the code word. The code word. Yes. <laughs> The code the word. The drum roll is beginning. So we've got three prizes as you develop the word. <laughs> the three prizes. For the first, second, and fourth person to connect with us, and you will be in the running if you're one, if you're the first, second, or fourth person All to right. contact us here. The prize is ancient words, present hope, what the Old Testament teaches us about Revelation, and the code word is Eden. Oh, how appropriate, Eden! So call or text us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine with the word Eden, and if you're the first, second, or fourth, this book. Is going to be yours. There you go. Enjoy. Eden, the pleasure and delight garden. Yes. 0491 And that's an appropriate place for Adam and Eve to have their honeymoon, don't you think? In <laughs> True. the Not Garden of Eden. Yeah, yet. the pleasure and delight to be enclosed and fenced off and protected. That sounds like a honeymoon. You it leave does. your family, your friends. It's just you and your best mate. And um, you leave everyone behind to go to this protected place of pleasure and delight. Mm, and absolutely. so they had that, and they, they had their sure they had their creator with them. All right, so now we've we've looked at um, what God's plan was for Adam and Eve and the human race mm-hmm. to take care of this world, um, not to exploit 
but to preserve. So that's very much at the heart of God's plan for us. We've looked at the Sabbath, uh, tying in with creation, worship, and taking care of the environment. They are one and the same. They're in the same basket. Um, That was something new to both of us. Yes. And so now we have God predicting, sadly, um, this sin-sick world will sadly get, you know, it'll... It'll get worse for this world before it gets better, before God creates a new heaven and a new earth. Now, in Isaiah 51, verse 6, we won't take time to read that, but it says there that the earth will grow old like a, like a garment, like a garment. Yep. And I just had my husband text me a correction to something I said before. Oh. Um, when, oh. I, when I talked about the prize, it's ancient words, present hope. I don't know what I said, but that's the book. Well, there you go. Just as well, you've got a a very observant um, husband. Does he listen to you like that all the time? I don't think so. Or is it just when you're you're on radio? So you haven't come across that outside of radio hours. He does listen pretty well. (laughs) Oh, boy, he sounds like my wife. She literally, like, picks me up on everything, on everything, you know. Even when I'm whispering to the girls, like, I'm like, don't tell mum about this. Yeah, she literally hears from the other side of the house, like okay. dog ears. I've got no idea how she does it. It's just amazing. There you go. You know, she Sorry, could... I interrupted you. No, you did well. That was very important. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Justin. <laughs> All right. This is a fascinating scripture from Romans 8, uh, verses 19 to 22. Could you read that for us, please? Oh, Romans right. 8. Verses 19 to 22. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Isn't that fascinating? Very. Paul here is using, <laughs> excuse me, he's using the language of oh, Jesus in Matthew 24. I've just, yeah, I never really thought that until then. Yeah, he's, Jesus talked about, you know, the labor pains. He talked yeah. about, you know, this is only the beginning of, of labor sorrows, pains, yep. of sorrows. Um, Paul says when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them like labor pains. So using that analogy. And here, not only are humans groaning, for that new creation that God will bring in when he creates a new heaven and a new earth. But it says all creation that was subjected to God's curse because of sin, because of Adam and Eve, all creation has been groaning, you know, um, looking forward to that day when it will be recreated. Mm, Amen. So that being the case, we're going to go to one more scripture before we start taking a look at some of these headlines that tie in where um, I see things heading when it comes to a prophetic point of view. Revelation. Oh, okay. So here, let's go to Revelation. That's fascinating. Um, one, of our, one of our listeners, Mick, he pointed out that Revelation borrows heavily from the Old Testament. And right. Mick, you are right on the money, and that is very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding is there's 404 verses in the, in the book of Revelation, and 276 of those, if my memory serves me correct, are borrowed um, either, either uh, you know, words or images or um, you know, or allusions from the Old Testament. Yep. So that's more than fifty percent of the book. So in Revelation chapter eleven, verses fifteen to eighteen, this is in the context of Jesus is about to return. Okay. So this is in the context of the seventh trumpet. Jesus is about to return, and notice here what John the Revelator has to say about 
our world and in particular, you know, how God feels about what we are doing to this world at the end of time. So, yeah, pick it up from verse 15 all the way to verse 18. All right. The Bible says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged and that you should reward your servants the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name small and great and should destroy those who destroy the earth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow <laughs> wow 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 so yeah at the time when yeah. jesus is about to come god here says unlike any other time in human history Humans will have the capacity and will indeed be destroying the earth. Mm-hmm. Are we seeing that today? We certainly are. Ever since the Industrial Revolution, there has been an explosion in exploitation of our world's resources. Um, because guess what, Sharissa? We want more and more. Mm. Once upon a time, if something broke, guess what? You'd fix it. Mm-hmm. You That's know? why divorce wasn't such a high thing yeah. in the old days. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, whereas today we live in a throwaway society. We do. And um, who's going to go fix their old TV if it stops working or their radio? Um, you know, what do we do? We just put it out, put it out on a nature strip and wait for the pickup, the rubbish pickup once every six months. Have you seen those pickups? Yep. There's tons of stuff. <laughs> Sometimes there's good stuff. There's, there's a lot of good stuff, yeah, a lot of good stuff at times to pick up. And you see people going along with trailers picking stuff up. Um, but today we live in a throwaway society, and so you know that it's creating more and more goods in order for the economy to keep going, more and more landfill. We're polluting more and more of our world, and so we're destroying the world. So what God said is actually taking place, sadly. Mm. And so that is why we have such a huge, um, you know, such a huge interest, and rightly so, on climate change. But this is where things start getting very interesting. Mm-hmm. Bible prophecy tells us that the day is coming when worship will be mandated. Go to Revelation 14. All right, how are we going with our time? We have, we've, got, we've got time. Revelation 14, verse yes. 7. All right, Revelation 14, verse 7. Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. All right, where where is the angel quoting from? It sounds like he's um, copy-pasted from Exodus chapter 20, the Sabbath commandment. Indeed, from Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, mm. which is copy and pasted out of Exodus chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Law. Exactly. God the heart wrote of God. that with his finger in stone. So, and it's all about worship, yes. and it's all about the Creator and creation. Yes. All right, so then we have in verse 9, in verse 9 there we have the counterfeit. If you want to read Revelation 14, verse 9, this is the, the third angel's message. 
Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. Okay. No rest. Yeah. No rest. What's the Sabbath all about? Rest. Rest. The first angel's message that rest. contains the Sabbath is about rest. Here we have no rest. Yes. And um and what follows in verse twelve is, you know, here the here are the patients, here is the patience of the saints, here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the face of Jesus. So the end time crisis will be over worship mm-hmm. and it will be in God's law. So there's four commandments dealing with worship. Mm-hmm. And the one that that the revelation speaks of that has God's seal, mm-hmm. God's name is the Sabbath commandment. Because that's the only commandment that has God's seal, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the name, you know, title. the title and dominion, you know, name, territory. title, dominion, territory, you know, so we only have that in the Sabbath. And so the enemy is coming along now with a counterfeit. And what's the counterfeit of the Sabbath? Sunday. An alternate day. The first day of the week, the day of the sun. Mm. Now, it's interesting, um, Revelation says that, the Antichrist um, or this beast power here in Revelation 13 that we've identified in the past. We don't have time to deal with you know, all the identification marks now. But the Antichrist described in Revelation is none other than the, you know, the Roman papacy or that medieval Roman church that receives a deadly wound which took place over 200 years ago but would have a resurrection and the whole world mm-hmm. would wonder and follow after this power. That's what it says in Revelation 13.3. The whole world marveled and followed after the beast. Whose deadly wound would be healed. Exactly. And so guess who is leading the climate change agenda? Wouldn't be the one whose wound is healed. Yes, indeed. The one whose (laughs) wound is healing very quickly. Yes. The Roman um, pontiff. Amazing. Pope Francis. It's it's fascinating. And... um, you know, before we get to his encyclical, um, he he was he's been on the front cover of Time magazine five times since he was elected in two thousand and thirteen, and this is a really fascinating one here um, from September twenty eight two thousand and fifteen. This front cover, and the title was "The New Roman Empire: The Global Reach of Pope Francis." I wish our listeners had. Uh visuals as well (laughs) but just take my word for it it's an amazing cover it is it's straight out of bible prophecy isn't it it's fascinating if that's not out of bible Bible prophecy, especially the subheading Mm -hmm. the global reach of pope francis Mm. it is it's global his reach is um and he he made a real splash um on the climate change scene when he came out with his Laudato Si. Laudato Si. Do you want to give us a subtitle for that? Uh, I can see it here. His encyclical letter. It's all about on care for our common home. All right. Now, have you have you taken the time to sort of look into this or read a little I, bit of it? I haven't read the whole thing. I've heard bits and pieces. Bits and, and pieces, I've, yeah. I've read little bits and pieces and just 
I heard something about yeah. it on Saturday night, but please tell me more. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a pretty big document. It's 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 interesting. It's an interesting read. About two hundred and forty or so different paragraphs. Um, anyway, what he basically says is straight out of scripture. Wow. Straight out of scripture, the principles regarding, and I've, and I've, and I've made a note here of some of the different things that he um, covers in his encyclical. You may want to read them just to give people an overall um, understanding of some of the subjects that he covers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he covers the subjects of climate, environment, family, health, economy, equality, spirituality, and Wow, Sabbath rest. Yes, but it's not the seventh-day Sabbath rest. No. He focuses on the first day of the week as the day of rest. So basically in this document, he's saying the only way forward for our, for our world, this is more than just the climate. This is about family. This is about health. This is about the economy. This is about equality and, and justice and so on. And guess what? The Sabbath is all about that. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? The Sabbath is such a, a rich gift. It is. saturated with so much important meaning. That's why God gave it and blessed it and made it. And to think that it's, you know, that meaning is being lost and transferred. It's being transferred. By a human power to another day. It's quite remarkable. It is. And that's exactly what Revelation told us would be the case. So there's a lot more. Oh, stay tuned, a lot everybody. More we've just started. I happen to know there's a lot more coming. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go to a song by Randy Travis. We might have a news break. And then uh, we're just going to keep Whoa. going here. Don't leave. We, we are going to stay right here because it's going to be good. The storm on the rise Look around You can't deny This is the hour Of heaven's time Armies gather in the east For the war That's soon to come Death will march With the mark of the beast and walk with the sun Soon we'll see His wrath come down And the Lord descending from the sky When you hear the trumpet sound God has answered Jerusalem's cry i 
concert Jerusalem Christ will rise and join him in the sky. And even unbelievers will see God's answer, Jerusalem's cry. God's answer, Jerusalem's cry. and we are the hosts of The Marriage Project. We have a lot of fun on The Marriage Project where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage, how it translates into real life, and we want to be with you building stronger marriages. So you can join us every Friday afternoon at 3.30pm right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Everyone, we're the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson, and you can join us every morning on the Breakfast Show. We cover news that matters and do our encounter with God. We also have an intense quiz, great giveaways, awe-inspiring music, and best of all, you can have your say and be a part of the Bracky family. We're live across Australia, so check your Faith FM program for your local airtime. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Faith looks up, sorry looks back, worry looks around. This is Looking Up. We're on our home stretch now. And you know what? We've had people claiming the prizes, which is exciting. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, ancient words present hope. And um, look, there's still one left. Oh, there's one left. So you know what my recommendation would be? If you want to be the one to get this prize, it can be all yours if you text the word Eden to the number 0491064669. But you have to be the fourth person. So <laughs> I would just... Uh, do it twice or <laughs> ring twice <laughs> and see if you uh, can make it. So don't uh, don't miss that opportunity. Ancient words present hope. Amen. And uh, all right, I'm excited. Where are we going with our um, all right, we've only got We've only got a little bit of time left, but we just want to um, just take a look at this encyclical of Pope Francis uh, that really is seen as the template for for how to tackle climate change it's it's a comprehensive uh, and there's a Laudato Sea movement yes. um, so that, I see more about that yeah there's sweet it's sweeping through the world it's sweeping through the world 
Do you want to read for us, please, this significant um, quotation from that encyclical? It's paragraph 237. This is fascinating in light of what the Sabbath entails that we've looked at Scripture and how it's being taken and being used for the counterfeit day. All right. Hold on. Here we go, folks. On Sunday, our participation in the Eucharist has special importance. This is from the encyclical. Sunday, like the Jewish Sabbath, is meant to be a day which heals our relationships with God, with ourselves, with others, and with the world. Okay, just pause there. Let me ask you. I'm going to do a quiz on you. Okay. Sunday, like the Jewish Sabbath, is the Sabbath a Jewish institution? No. Where is the Sabbath? It was it was instituted by God long before a Jew existed. Exactly. In now, the Garden of okay. Eden. Okay, very good. So you've got one out of one. One out of one, Shell. <laughs> quiz quiz question <laughs> Do number I get a two. Price? <laughs> I'm gonna quiz you through this. <laughs> quiz question number two. It says on Sunday our participation in the Eucharist, which is another word for the Lord's Supper, has special importance. Is that true? True or false? False. False. Exactly right. Very good. <laughs> Oh, well done. Two out of two. Two out of two. There's more quiz questions coming from the quote. All right. You're a good Berean. You're a very good Berean. Okay. Continue reading, please. All right. Back to the paragraph. Yes. It, that is Sunday, protects human action from becoming empty activism. It also prevents unfettered greed and sense of isolation, which make us seek personal gain to the detriment of all else. The law of weekly rest forbade work on the Sabbath. Seventh day, quote, so that your ox and your donkey may have rest and the son of your maidservant and the stranger may be refreshed. That's from, he says, Exodus 23, 12. That's Sorry, correct. Exodus 20, 12. No, no, it's Exodus 20. Just give Both. you, okay. you know what's fascinating? I just yeah. discovered this today, Shell. Charissa, you wouldn't believe it. In the book of Exodus, on seven separate occasions, the Sabbath is mentioned. Wow. Seven. Beginning with beginning with Pharaoh saying they shall not have rest in Exodus chapter 3, all the way through to the completion of the sanctuary. Seven separate occasions. Amazing. And this is, this is one of those seven in Exodus 23 verse 12. All right. Well, I'm nearly finished. Shall I keep reading? Keep going, yeah. Rest opens our eyes to the larger picture and gives us renewed sensitivity to the rights of others. And so the day of rest, centered on the Eucharist, sheds its light on the whole week and motivates us to greater concern for nature and the poor. Now, again, there was so much in this that is so biblical, so scripturally, even quotes scripture. But quiz question number three. Is the day of rest, the Sabbath, centered on the Eucharist? No. No. What's the What's the Sabbath centered on? What's What's it a, a memorial of? It's of what God has done. Like God created the world in Creation. six days, and He rested. So, yeah. what's the memorial of, or what does the, the memorial mo- of, of the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist um, for our Catholic brothers and sisters? What does that well, represent? We, well, we it's a commemoration of the death of Jesus. Exactly. And he's yeah. And he's using it here in connection with Sunday, mm-hmm. sacredness. Fascinating stuff. And so we can see how, how the enemy is working. And um oh this 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 one just blew me away. This was towards the end of the encyclical. You gotta okay, read that. Okay. Paragraph two forty three, and then we're gonna take a look at some headlines that connect with this. 
At the end, we will find ourselves face to face with the infinite beauty of God. This is from the encyclical. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. This is from 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known and be able to read with admiration and happiness the mystery of the universe, which with us will share in unending plentitude. Even now we are journeying towards the Sabbath of eternity, the new Jerusalem, towards our common home in heaven. Hmm. Jesus says, I make all things new. Revelation 21.5. Wow. Sounds so beautiful, doesn't it? Does. It does. <laughs> Scripture's being used. Yep. The themes of Scripture being used, except for one big problem. And that is, this is in connection with the first day of the week. And you know what? People might be thinking and saying, well, what's the big deal? Like, yeah, what's it doesn't the really matter. between a day? It's just a different 24-hour period. Like, we can do the same things on different days, can't we? While people might be like, well, I could do Friday, yeah. Wednesday, or whatever. Doesn't what? matter what day. No. What does it matter that it's the seventh day, Sharissa, or can we do the first day or the second or third day? Does it really matter? What do you think? And for me, what it all comes down to is it's just what God said. Like God said, keep the Sabbath, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. If God had said something else, we'd be doing something else. But that's what God said. And it was the same test in the Garden of Eden. God said, you can eat of every tree, but don't touch this one, you know, because mm. it's dangerous for you. And it probably looked like all the other trees. Probably. Uh, we don't know. But, you know, it was a simple test of obedience, and it's, a, it's another test. So it boils of, down to obedience. Of, and then even that can be taken further to to whom do you give your allegiance, your love to? Mm. Who do you love more? Love and loyalty. Yeah. Like why are you loyal to your husband? It's because of love, love him, yeah. because you love him and so you're loyal to him and him alone That's right. and vice versa. Yes. And so it all boils down to love. So the Sabbath is not about a day. Mm -hmm. You are totally correct. It's about love. It's about loyalty, love and loyalty. Yeah. And the very fact that Jesus says in John fourteen fifteen, if you love me, mm. keep my commandments. It means since commandment keeping is a proof of our love and loyalty to God, it means that it is possible for us to obey them in his strength. Amen. Amen. So, wow. So this is so. So as we can see and what the enemy is, is brilliant at doing and deceiving the world. And we've got to remember what deception is, deception or a counterfeit. It you know, looks you, you like don't, the original. Exactly. You don't have counterfeit $15 bills <laughs> or counterfeit $25 bills. That's right. You have counterfeit $20 bills, $10 bills, $50 bills because you've got the original. And so, and yep. so this is, this is the, I'm telling you, this is a perfect counterfeit for the seventh day Sabbath. Well, we've just read just those two statements. Couldn't agree with you more. And it's interesting. We don't have the time, but if our listeners are interested, I mean, they can go online and check it out. But the other significant paragraph, which we don't have time to read of, is paragraph 71 mm -hmm. in the encyclical. And there, um, there's a ton of scriptures in connection with the Sabbath that God has designed. So, so the, so, so Pope Francis is quoting scripture yep. and twisting it. For the first day of the week, which God did not bless, he did not sanctify, and he did not rest. This reminds me of what Satan did when he tempted Jesus. Did he quote scripture to Jesus? He did. Yes, he did from Psalm. He quoted Psalm 91, but what did Satan do? He left out, he left out a sentence that was so important 
And that sentence in Psalm 91 that he left out when he said, you know, it is written, you know, if you fall, you know, the angels are going to be there. So they, you don't dash your, you know, yeah, da 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 da. But he left out to keep you in all your ways. He left that part out. I'm glad you reminded us of that because you know what? I'm thinking, you know, trust, trust, and for all of us. The best way to spot a counterfeit is to know the truth. Mm, and so, mm. like when you mentioned that, he, Satan quoting scripture to Christ, you know, and it sounds so scriptural and biblical, but he's leaving things out. The only way you're going to pick that is if you know God's word, if yeah. you actually are studying the Bible for yourself. Yeah. So test all things. Amen. And yeah. so we want to encourage folk to test all things. Um, that's what Paul says, and hold on to that which is good. You know, we need, and, and Jesus started off Matthew 24 by talking about deception. Watch out. He mentioned it a couple of times. Three times. Three four times. times, actually, the word deceive appears four times so it's in Matthew 24. So it's pretty important to, to know what is right. Absolutely. By knowing God's word, studying it for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's fascinating is Revelation 13 speaks of the United States of America teaming up with the Roman papacy together at the end of time to bring about this new world order. You know, we're going to talk a bit more about that next week. Oh, um, so and, much. <laughs> and, it's, and guess who was one of the very first leaders that came out in 2015 to commend and praise Pope Francis for who? his encyclical? Who? None other than Barack Obama, huh. the former president. Here is a, a headline yep. from the Catholic Herald, June 19, 2015, literally a day or two after the encyclical was released. Obama calls for world leaders to heed Pope Francis's message. In connection with Laudato Si, in September of that year, he visited the United States of America. And um, there, uh, for the first time in human history, Sharissa, for the, I don't know what you were thinking. I well, know what I was thinking for I the first time in human still history. I was learning history at this time. Yeah. For the first time in human history, Shell, I'm not sure what you were thinking <laughs> as an American. We have Pope Francis, the first pope in all of American history, addressed both houses of Congress. Oh, Never yes. happened before. I do remember that. That was amazing. That was huge. That was huge. And guess what he talked to them about primarily? Laudato Si. I, can't, yeah, I couldn't remember he that. He talked to them about That's Laudato Si. And you know what the words Laudato Si mean? In nope, Latin, nope. praise be to you, as in praise be to God. So this is an encyclical Sounds on so good. the Sabbath and creation. Mm. Praise be to God that we ought to care for our common home. That's just so biblical. And he even called heaven the common home as well. Yes, and that is our eternal rest, which is true. But that's Isaiah 66, 22 and 23. From one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall gather yes. before me, says the Lord. It's the Sabbath, not Sunday. Wow. So can you see can you see how the enemy has has infiltrated? The enemy can't come up with anything new. And so he takes God's blessings and he seeks to use them in order to bring in his counterfeit. And then United Nations, he shared that same message while he was there in September 2015. You know, we've got a whole bunch of other things that we can look at. Um, you know, we'll maybe deal with some of these things um, later on, probably next week and the week after. We've got under Donald Trump, you know, the U.S. officially leaves the Paris Climate Agreement. But guess what? Yes, they weren't happy about that. They were not happy about that. But what was one of the first executive orders that... We're joining it again. We're joining it again. That was one of the first... I think that was the second one or the first one. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, 
Yeah. How are we going for time? All you right. know what I think is funny too? Tell about, us, tell us. Oh, sorry, you go. You no, go. no, go, go, go. Tell us, tell is us. Is that on Joe Biden's desk right behind him on his, uh, when you're looking at him mm-hmm. on one side, he's actually got a picture of him shaking the Pope's hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a joke the first time I saw it, but it's actually real. It's actually real. Yeah. yeah. It's actually real. It, it was in a Time magazine article that I read. So. Amazing. <laughs> so anything that's in Time magazine is usually true. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, check out this one. Could you read the headline for us? From Foreign Policy yes. News, January 31, 2021. All right, folk, are you sitting down? Are you sitting down? I am. All right. Biden and Pope Francis could make a climate change miracle. Subheading. Sub, yeah, how read the that. new U.S. leader and the liberal pontiff, like presidents and popes before them, can cooperate to transform American politics. And that was January 31, 2021. Yeah. Shortly after the inauguration. Interesting. Wow. Guess what? 40 years before this, we have – and, well, when we've got Pope Francis and um, and Joe Biden coming together just before COP26. Yeah. Immediately before COP26. COP26 started on the Saturday. Yeah. Um, they came together on the Friday afternoon and away we went. Um, <laughs> actually, it started on the Sunday, I think. Anyway, um, regardless, they spent time together discussing climate change, poverty and COVID. Wow. Oh, amazing. Well, we're going to go to a song by, uh, yes, you're going to hear it, God is Love, and then we're going to come back and have some final remarks in just a moment. So enjoy. Oh, come let us unite and sing. God is love. God is love. Let heaven and earth their praises bring. God is love. God is love, let every soul from sin awake, let every heart sweet music make, and sing with us for Jesus' sake. God is love, God is love, oh sing to earth's most distant lands God is love God is love In Christ we are Made whole again God is love God is love His blood has washed Our sin away His spirit turned our night today and with great joy our hearts can say God is love God is love one day we'll sing with all the saints God is love God is love we'll fully God is love, God is love, while endless ages roll along, we'll triumph at the heavenly throne, and this shall be our sweetest song, God is love. 
that was Ginny mm. Owens, and what a beautiful song! It's simple message. That but a message summarizes the whole Bible, right it there. Does. It does. So, uh, wow, what a what a time um, we've had together, and I hope our <laughs> listeners have uh, enjoyed our study because I have. It's been it's been really good. What would you like us? What would you like to leave us with as we close? Well, I just want us to to remember that. Um, God is in control, and uh, God has given us his word. He has given us his, his blueprint for how we can live happy and healthy lives. Um, and today we've talked about the environment, and God's plan was from the very beginning of time that humans would care for, tend, keep this environment. Um, you know, as, as, as much as sin has come through and, um, and had a huge impact, but God still wants us to be stewards, to take care of, this environment that he's blessed us with, but also to remember and to know that the enemy is is using this very um, this this very issue of the environment in order to take away from that to take away from God that which belongs to Him as Creator. God is the Creator, and uh, God has set aside the the, sab- the the seventh day Sabbath to be a day. When we remember him as our creator, we remember him as our savior, as our sustainer, uh, when we remember the importance of family and so on and so forth. Um, and so God's Sabbath, creation, worship of God, love and loyalty to God, that all works together. And so let's not allow the enemy to come in and to deceive us and to take that away from us. I couldn't agree more. And you know what? When you know the truth, when you know the true and not the the fake mm. or the false counterfeit like it's so much better what god's what god what god has to offer you what god has to offer me is so much better than anything that anyone else could ever offer us Amen. so we really pray that you will uh, taste and see dig into god's word see for yourself uh, that the lord is good as mm. the psalmist says and yeah i thank you so much for leading us um, in this study today. So next time we come together, what can we look forward to? Next time we come together, I think we may we may tap into uh, a little more of what we have been looking at, but from the perspective of peace and safety. Mm. We're going to take a look at what the Bible has to say about peace and safety and who's going to be leading the charge. And guess what? what? It's going to be very similar to what we've looked at today. It's incredible how, how, how these um, things that the Bible said are now just becoming coming like front page headlines and that it's just so clear um, for everyone to see and understand. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Danny. And uh, would you close with sure. prayer for our listeners? Sure. Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for your word, for the sure word of prophecy. We thank you that we have not believed in cunningly devised fables, but Lord, we can we can put your word to the test and each and every time it comes out, it comes out true and accurate. We thank you, Lord, for the promise that you made in Matthew 24, um, where you said that heaven and earth will pass away, but not one word will pass away, that all will be fulfilled. And, Lord, you you have given us your word, and we thank you that it is a light that, that leads us and guides us uh, in the way that we ought to go. Bless our listeners. Be with them. May each one of us spend more and more time in your word as we prepare for the soon return of Jesus. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Well, God bless you, everyone. Don't leave this station because there's always so much more here on Faith FM. We're going live to the Drive Time Show in Adelaide now, I believe. So stay tuned. And uh, we really look forward to joining you again next week at this same time as we continue our journey into God's Word in the Looking Up program. I just... I just love that we can actually have Faith FM and have opportunity mm, to, to connect and share these things on, on the on the airwaves. So uh, we pray that you're very blessed. And before we leave you, we like to always remind you that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith, faith looks up. And that's what this program is all about. We want to help you look up. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up. When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me.